Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. I, I will say this has been a lot of fun here over the last three hours here. First chance I've had to deep dive and talk about the Braves with all of you. But I'm not having near the fun that Grant McCauley is because he's actually down in Northport and he's watching Spencer Strider, he's watching Olsen, he's watching Riley. I mean, he's watching spring training here. And he gets to see these guys uh, in person here. And he joins us uh, from uh, the Brace Spring Training for just a couple of minutes. Hey, Grant, how you doing, my friend? What's up, Doug? I'm doing very well. In baseball, we consider this, I guess, the new year. So it's uh, been a lot of fun. The sun's out. And as you saw from the videos that I posted on social, and so were some of the Braves' big bats and one of the biggest arms in baseball. So I, I, I've got a few questions here. Uh, one of them is just a broad question that I'd like to get your thoughts on here. We go into every year. We know how good the team is. I, I found it really fascinating and, read, you know, powerful as a mega what you will, Grant. But you could read almost between the lines because so many of the power poles went, oh, my God, Glasnow and Yamamoto and Ochohe and everything. The Dodgers are the number one team in baseball. And then they flipped up the page and they looked at the Braves and they went, oh, 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 oh okay, well, well, hang on, slow down. <laughs> yeah. I, who's the best team? I mean, when you, when you look at it, I think that the Braves still have the claim as the best team because they won 104 games last year in the areas where they needed to, I think, improve. They went out and improved. They have a stronger bullpen. They got Chris Sale. They added Jared Kelnick, who's a young player that they have five years of control that could easily become part of this core if he's able to cash in on his, as I've talked about a lot in the past couple of months, considerable talent. So I think Tyler Matzik said it best, is Alex, when it comes to this roster, he's able to fill holes that may not have even been apparent when you were looking, but he just finds ways and finds the right guys and the right candidates to make this club better. And I think they are. Health is going to play a huge role for the Braves, for the Dodgers, and for everybody else. But when you do look around this club, I mean, you can understand why. I mean, there's been a phrase that's been bouncing around in this clubhouse quite a bit. World Series are bust. That, I think, is the Braves' mantra as they head into spring training and, of course, head into the regular season and look to get back to October and take care of some unfinished business. All right, let's talk about the three new players. I'm just going to throw the name at you. You tell me where they are standing and what you, what uh, Grant McCauley expectation level is. Let's begin with the big strikeout left-hander, Chris Sale. I mean, Chris Sale is uh, what a difference maker this can be for a rotation that already has talent. But as we saw last year, after using 16 different starting pitchers, they would like to have not just the talent, but the ability to add somebody that's got the big game experience. He's a strikeout champion, an all-star, a World Series champion as well. I mean, this is a huge, like, not just credibility boost to the Braves rotation because of the name, but this stuff. I mean, and Chris Sale, we talked to him yesterday, you know, he feels like there's significant tread on the tire. He's finally having a healthy offseason. I think this could be one of the sneaky good ads by any club in baseball, and the Braves are very happy to add another pitcher that they can count on in October to their mix. 
Uh, Jerry Kellenick, is he the, um, you know, we've had a lot, we've been talking a lot today about, you know, hey, listen, we've gone through some guys that have really good years in left field, the Pilars, the Duvalls, the Rosarios. Is he a, a, a guy that you look at and say he, his game can expand and he could become the long-term solution for you there at that position? Definitely. And with five years, I mean, there's no small reason why the Braves did as many moves as they did just to accommodate that Kellenick trade because it was, you know, the first domino in a series of moves for Alex Anthopoulos all winter long. And I think it shows you by taking on the money in order to get Jared Kelnick just how much they believe in him. So the best part to me about Kelnick in Atlanta, as opposed to his previous situation in Seattle, is that the expectations aren't on him to come in and be a superstar and to carry the team. The Braves have plenty of superstars. they got plenty of offense. He can just kind of come in really concentrate on his game and not feel like he's got all the expectation that you have the way that he did for a young, unproven club like Seattle. Uh, Grant McCauley, at Grant uh, McCauley1C on the Twitter there. He's down at uh, Braves Spring Training. Braves has sent like 19 players to the White Sox, uh, and and they get Aaron Bummer. <laughs> um, and, and so, I, I, yeah, Chicago Braves Sox. Uh, so where does Bummer, what are your expectations for him, and where does he fit in you know, is he a night shift guy? Where do you think he fits into this kind of, not that they wouldn't have a new nickname for 789, but where does he fit into this kind of bullpen rotation? Yeah, Tyler Matzik kind of joked to me, whatever we end up calling it or people end up calling us, we'll find out during the course of the season. But, you know, Tyler Matzik's return to be another lefty that the Braves can depend on. But last year they got down to A.J. Minter and very little else when it came to that southpaw side. So they went to the south side of Chicago and got Aaron Bummer Somebody that Alex had gone after at the trade deadline and they couldn't make the deal happen, well, they were able to unload a bunch of guys that they were going to non-tender and turn it into a guy that I feel like in Aaron Bummer is a little bit better than the numbers would suggest from a year ago. I mean, he's a hard-throwing lefty, can miss a lot of bats, can be another tough look out of that bullpen, and they've got a lot of hard-throwing guys. We don't know where Reynaldo Lopez is going to fit yet, but this bullpen, I mean, the depth, from the right side and from the left side and the swing and miss stuff that they have, Aaron Bummer is going to be a huge part of that for this Braves club, I believe. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I think the Braves are the best team. Not only they're still the best starting eight, I think they potentially have the best starting rotation. I think they have the best bullpen in the game. So if you're winning in all those, best infield, best outfield, I mean, you're just the best team here. The one question I have, and it's the one question I have on paper, Grant, that you can help me out with, is in all these trades and unloading all these players, I mean, you'd be unloaded three shortstops, really, and Vaughn Grissom and Braden Shoemaker and Nicky Lopez is, you yeah. know, a guy like Guillermo. Uh, what about the depth? I, I look at guys like J.P. Martinez and Forrest Wall. Is Alex looking at depth positions here? We, is that going to be a big focus of the spring? Will we be bringing in more veteran depth help here for the, for the bench? I think it could be. And the bench, now that you have the DH, it really has changed the complexity of, of that job for National League general managers. And that's one of the things that get hand-in-hand with the fact that the Braves, they've got a lot of guys that play every day and that like to play every day and that expect to play every day. So I don't think the onus is so much on Alex to have, you know, three, four, five different levels of players behind some of the positions that are really set for this club. And he also said there's a, def- a delicate balance when you're trying to sign the right player in the offseason of, some of these guys could get offers to play significantly elsewhere. And I think Randall Gritchick just signed with the Diamondbacks. And I saw folks say, well, he's a right-handed hitting outfielder. Why didn't we get him? And, well, you can't promise him any at-bats because you got Jared Kelnick and you got Ronald Acuna Jr. So the two corner positions of the outfield are taken. Marcelo Zuna, by the way, 40 homers and 100 ribs last year's your DH. 
you just don't have a lot to offer some of these guys. So I think as teams make the difficult decisions that they have to to get to opening day to cut down that roster, maybe they find that right player out there that could perhaps bring in and do what Kevin Pillar did last year. I felt like he was kind of the perfect candidate to maybe bring back in that same role, but he joined his old Braves team, Mason Chicago. He's also playing for the White Sox. It's pretty crazy how many former Braves are going to be playing for Chicago this year. I think it's like eight. <laughs> it's At like, least, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's like eight or nine. I mean, it's like, oh, okay, you go over to the White Sox camp. Hey, I know all these guys. <laughs> right. I'm talking with right. another, another couple of minutes with Grant McCauley as we get ready for the spring training opener Saturday against the Tampa Bay Rays down in Florida. And baseball season will be here before you know it. Uh, Grant, uh, the question, uh, and Braves fans continue to ask about leadership on the team. Uh, you know, losing Ron Washington, and you can't blame him. Hey, listen, you got another bite at the apple. Even at his age, it's great here. But from a player standpoint and uh, and all, is, is that what has been lagging the postseason, or has it been – the last two years, you just ran into a buzzsaw. Was it the time off? And I know they tried the whole Gwinnett Striper practice game thing. Because yeah. if it's World Series or bust, you're going to have to perform in the in the, in the postseason, and they haven't done yeah. it. Yeah, and they've got to figure out a way to do that. And I really did feel from going to those practices, the scrimmages, whatever you want to call them, that they were trying to make the most of that time. But there's a big difference in suiting up against another club that's really trying to beat you and doing what amounted to a glorified practice session. And I'm not saying that they won't try to do that again, because I can tell you this, they view the division as the number one step towards getting back to October and being able to control their own fate by not having to play in the wild card round. Because I can tell you, it wouldn't be much more fun to get knocked out in the wild card round than it is in the NLDS. But regardless, as you pointed out, they got to find a way to perform. So you can't lay it all at the feet of it being the time off that got them. I think that you've got to give a lot of credit to the Philadelphia Phillies and the intensity in which that team has played the game the last couple of years. Whatever the case is, the Phillies are the team that won, and the Braves have got to figure out a way to beat them or whoever else come October. But I think some of that intensity, some of that leadership, and the experience of you know winning the World Series, yes, but on the flip side of that coin, what they've referred to a lot in the past few days as that sour taste they have in their mouth from the last two Octobers. Nobody wanted to go out and end their season the way that they did last year. Ozzie Albies, Sean Murphy, Matt Olson, these are all guys that said, this has really stuck with us. It hasn't really left. We haven't stopped thinking about it. We're ready to do something about it, and that hard work starts in the spring. But when you get to October, they know what they need to do, I think, and they've just got to figure out a way to go out there and get it done. Hey, final question for, for you right now, Grant, only because only it's a topic of conversation, even though we haven't even started this year. Uh, we haven't even started spring training this year. We're already talking about the future. Um, it is my impression, tell me if I'm wrong here, my, it's my impression that Alex Anthopoulos will at some point through the season, maybe midway through or something, or, you know, start to sit down and talk about Max Fried, and we'll see where he's at, where the team is at. And with Ronald Acuna, I, I, my, my impression is, brave for life, that's great, but I think that uh, they sit down with Ronald and say, come back to us this time next year, and let's talk you know, a little bit more. But I don't think they're inclined to make much of a move on an extension now. No, I mean, and it's the interesting thing is there was a very clickbaity headline that went out this week that was not at all in the context. I mean, because I was standing right there. I know what the question was, and I know what the answer was. And it was not Ronald trying to you know throw his weight around and get a new contract. And so I think any of that drama was just all for people who maybe weren't in the room. But he does want to be a brave for life. Does that happen this year, next year? I don't know. He's as many as five years away from free agency. Max Fried, to kind of go back to that before it gets lost in the shuffle, I can't tell you that they haven't had talks. I can't tell you that they've had substantial talks because neither side 
is commenting much about it. Max Fried has said, I'm focused on 2024. Alex Anthopoulos has been very complimentary of Max and the way that he goes about everything. But I would have to imagine that there's been some conversations and could continue to be. But he's in a different place than a Spencer Strider was when he got his extension because the closer they get to free agency, we've seen this, John, you know, you just it, those extensions I think become a little bit more difficult to work out. But I think the Braves would love to have Max Fried in their rotation for years to come. Can they work that out before free agency? We're all going to find out together. But with Ronald, he's locked in. Would they be smart to go ahead and maybe extend this contract and try to make him a Brave for life? Absolutely. And I can't imagine that has not been thought about in no uncertain terms in that Braves front office about, hmm, long term, how do we make that happen and when can we do it? Well, Grant, I don't have to tell you to enjoy it, but, uh, you know, enough talk about, you know, long-term contracts and ice cream machines and whatnot. Let's let's get to baseball here. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm I mean, looking you know, forward I, to it. I, I'm ready for it. Thanks much. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking quite a bit through the season. Thanks. Appreciate it, Grant. You got it. Take care. Grant McCauley joining us live from uh, down at spring training uh, as the Braves get ready for their opener against Saturday against Tampa. Today being President's Day, I don't think a lot of people had to extend their hotel room stay another night here because I don't think they anticipated Daytona being today. I've never been to Daytona, ever, and to the to the race, to the to the track, to the race. It's one of the few places I haven't been, and I always wanted to go. It's a bucket list thing for me. Is it a great boys' trip? I'm kind of curious. I think it is. It sounds to me like it is. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about that as we. Uh, you know what? I, I want to know because I'm going to tell you what I think is the most overrated boys trip and what the most underrated boys trip are. Right? Fan trip. I'm not talking about playing like go play golf or, you know, go poker thing in Vegas. All right. As we continue next on Sports Radio 90. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tomorrow. Been a lot of fun talking Braves here with you as the Braves get ready for their spring training opener this weekend. A couple more uh, Braves calls. Also, uh, a couple things about uh, Daytona and this whole boys trip thing. I've never been to Daytona, so I'm, I'm really interested. To, it's on, like I say, it's on my bucket list. All the things I've been to, that's just one I didn't get to. It's like I've never been to Wimbledon. Not that I really care that much about Wimbledon. But I, I'd be interested enough to go one day anyway. Uh, let's go to uh, Mike. He's on with John. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. 
Hey, John, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. What up? Hey, um, your bucket wish on Daytona, if you had done it like about 20 years ago, it had been great, but it's kind of changed now. It's not as wild as it used to be. But um, about the Braves, uh, I, I see the first and third base, they play too much. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, the, the, don't you think they, they could get tired during the – during the season. I mean, 162 games is a long season. I didn't see them fade down the stretch that much. It looked like they were pretty healthy. Well, yeah, but it's nice to give them a couple of days off to let them uh, rest up and, and uh, you know, because they, they didn't really – when it came to playoff times, they didn't really show shine through like you. Well, think but they isn't would. that the argument though, Mike? Mike, I think the argument is is that they had time down, and that was the problem. Uh, I, I think they were kind of beat up there towards the end of the season that last year, especially their bullpen and their their bullpen uh, really disappointed me. But that's that's last year. This year, it seems like it's going to be a good good. Bullpen. Yeah, well, let's certainly hope. I appreciate the call, Mike. Let's certainly hope that, that is the case because on paper, again, I think this whole thing about, uh, you know, the pickups of the Dodgers and the $100 billion that they spent here, whatever they spent, deferred for uh, ever and a day, I still think the Braves are a better team. Hey, John, real quick on Austin Riley uh, performing in the postseason. The dude slashed 353. 353, yes, 706 with a 1059 OPS. And made, and, and made it one of the best <laughs> defensive plays. Yeah. I, mean, as, as, I, I don't know. I still don't know which was the better play. Harris with the catch or Riley with the incredible barehanded one-motion scoop and throw. It's a great play. It was a great play, yeah. but at oh, the end of the day, like the dude, the, he was probably the only person who showed up in the postseason yeah. last year. I, I mean, yeah, he was the MVP in my book, well, for whatever that that's worth. Yeah. Uh, let's go to DT here. Hey, DT, welcome to the show. What you got, hey, DT? Hey, Mr. Freaky, how you doing? Uh, I think the world is Mr. Freaky. But I got I got something I want to say to you. Please don't don't cut me off. I want to get this out. You you know, uh, Shohei. How long has Shohei been into the league? And everything, he got a bag. Ronald, I don't know if he's been in the league long as him, but I remember when he got his hundred hundred million. But if Ronald, if Ronald Acuna, they need to come up with a rule for the unwritten rule. Like Ronald can, Ronald hit a home run. Once he hit a home run, the next time he come back, they hit him. So what they what they do make it off all guys that hit the home run. The next time the pitcher pitch, they take a hundred thousand dollars out of their check for hitting the guy. But if they walk him, then they just give him, have to take 10000 for him. But at the same time, make it a Ronald Cunha move. Because if you go back and check, Mr. Freaky, how many times Ronald got hit after a home run, you will see some real spectacular because those are bats that he didn't get to get. So they Well, I, all, I say is, all I'll say is I think if I'm an opposing team, the last thing in the world I want to do is put Ronald Acuna on base. <laughs> That's yeah. the last thing But, yeah, but that's just wrong. They hit the man. He got the home run. If you count up how many times he got here, see how much money that would be. 
Yeah. Yes, no, just do. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I know, know but they're not going to do that. I mean, DT, they're not going to do that. Look, look, I know they wouldn't do that, but just think about it. That way he can get his bag just like Shoei. That's four hundred some thousand dollars. <laughs> and it'll be coming <laughs> out of Tinker's pocket. Not four four hundred million. <laughs> yeah. Do appreciate it, DT. Thanks for the call. All right, uh, so we get ready for the opener that's Saturday here. Uh, meantime here, uh, we have a, a couple other things. One is uh, the NBA All-Star game last night. If you didn't see it, it was a meltdown. It was a meltdown. The final score was 211 to 186. You know, Trey actually had a really good weekend. Did you know that? I mean, Trey had a really good weekend up there. And, you know, as a wasn't, you know, second in, in fan voting, but wasn't going to go because somebody didn't like him or whatever the reason was. And he ends up going because of injury, right? And he goes up there. Uh, he l- lights it up at the skills challenge. His teammates stunk. He got ripped off challenge two. Makes eight in a row at one point, you know, and he made a logo shot in the skills challenge, makes eight in a row in the three-point shootout. Probably going to want it. It was just a, a weird thing where Dame was just a little bit better. And uh, and then has the shot of the day on All-Star Saturday by winning the 100 buck bet from the dude from behind the uh, – uh, on the viral video from behind the bench. And then goes out last night, nutmegs uh, KD for whatever that's worth. Yeah, it gets one of the highlights of the game. All right, so he had a really good weekend, which is nice. But – in a year that's had not a whole lot of nice for the Hawks, Trey had a Trey had a good weekend. Uh, arguably, as good a weekend as just about anybody. Me, he and Dame had the best weekends. All right. So, anyway, those two ha- had a great time. The rest of them didn't. And I think the moment that it died was Luka Doncic, who just he, you could tell he said, "This is a joke. This is embarrassing. It's unwatchable." It's so there's a uncontested layup by the East. They throw it into Luca there, and he grabs the ball. It's the middle of the third quarter, and he grabs the ball at the foul line. He looks at the other end and goes, "My hell with it," and throws up a three-quarter court shot that hits the top of the backboard. That that was just this is so stupid. Uh, I'm not going to bother to dribble. I'm, I'm making a mockery of it. It turned into a mockery, and the NBA is going to have to figure this out. I don't know if they go to a make-it-take-it-three-on-three tournament or what, but this game, I think the game is dead. Now, Garrett suggested the alum ending, which is where you do the weird ending thing, uh, which seemed to work for a year or two, but they got away from it, and, yeah, it it was bad. It was just really bad. And if I'm in the NBA offices in New York, I'm looking at this today going, oh, my God. Yeah, that wasn't good, was it? Nope. You thought the you thought the slam dunk was bad when you got some dude that's a G League guy winning back-to-back because nobody wants to be in it anymore? You thought that was bad? Do you see the game? Yeah. Let's get to uh, Chris here. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on to my favorite Latonia Bulldog? There you go. Go dogs go. Go LHS. What up? Hey, um, well, you kind of pivoted it to the uh, NBA, so I, I guess I'll stay there with you. I was, I was just throwing that in there, too. The right? you, you, yeah, you. Yeah. But, 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 but answer, Chris. And, and I, I think the All-Star game died last night. I just – I do. There's just – it's yeah. it's well, a joke. My Yeah. My position on uh, uh, defense optional exhibition basketball games, 
the the only ones that are even worth it are maybe the Harlem Globetrotters and maybe a good idea is to possibly mic the players and then like uh have what what they're talking about and uh, stuff going like that. So if they're um if they're uh mic oh, yeah. then they might uh do a do they might you, they might you, do Chris, a little, little more you, trash you better, Chris and you better and, have yeah. a you better have bought 15 people who have delay buttons. What do you have? Come on now. Well, <laughs> well, well, TNT and some of the other cable networks are getting better at uh, just letting uh, foul language go. So you might as well just I, put I it know. on like a paper type thing and uh, be fully, fully unedited. And uh, that'll actually bring a little more interest to it. And, um, if, if they're hamming it up, they might try to play just a little bit of defense. Uh, but it, which, what I saw last night was horrible. I kind of let it go at halftime when I saw the score was like 90-something. Yeah, so like, when, when Luca threw up that three-quarter court shot, and said, you, know, you could just tell you, oh, yeah. he was like, this is stupid. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So yeah, you were going to jump day. into the race too? Oh, okay. Thanks, Chris. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can just – oh. Okay. Go ahead. We get. Oh no! Oh, on the Braves, I I, I think they made some good um, additions uh, as far as the bullpen goes, and I still uh, like like last year. Wonder who you're going to pitch to in this lineup, and um, I just think we're going to be back there, and it's going to show the Dodgers that you don't have to break the bank to uh, to be competitive. And uh, Alex Vandopoulos, um I, I I thought John Sherholtz was the goat as far as uh, GM for the Braves, but he he's taking it to another level. Yeah, he's taking it to an absolutely another level. Do appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. No, I, I, and again, it's not about being competitive. <clears throat> That's not what it's about. For the Hawks, it's about being competitive. Uh, for the Braves, it's about winning World Series. And I am glad, as, as Grant was talking about, World Series or bus is going around out there. Now, it may not happen. Who knows? You know, I mean, somebody said baseball's a fickle sport. All sports are fickle sports. It's sports are fickle. Greatest reality show on TV, sports. Can't know. Uh, injuries happen. Teams, I mean, as many of you know, I, at one point in my play-by-play career, I was the play-by-play voice of the San Diego State Aztecs. Go Aztecs, go. All you, uh, you know, mighty men of Montezuma Mesa, all that kind of good stuff. Loved being the Aztecs play-by-play voice in my years in San Diego. And to see them make the national title game last year was really thrilling for me. Uh, and as a result, uh, but what, what happened with San Diego State was it was a very good basketball team that was peaking and healthy and playing its best. And Brian Dutcher did a great Dutch did a great job with that team, and peaking at the right time. And, and and that's just it. I mean, they just they were peaking at the right time in the tournament, and of course they didn't win it. But you know, hey, listen, uh, you just peak at the right time. That's what happens in, in sports? And the Phillies have peaked, and the Rangers peaked at the right time last year, and the Braves didn't. And three years ago, the Braves peaked at the right time. But so, but I don't know it, it, to to what degree the layoff of uh, that week six day layoff had on them, the first year or the second year, or to what degree the Ranger Suarez just got in their head or or whatever. But it's not acceptable. It's got to change. You know, you, you th- this team is too good. Again, on paper, they may have the best bullpen in the game. On paper, again, all on paper, they could have the best starting rotation. They could have the best infield in baseball. Have the best catching duo in baseball. Have the best outfield in baseball. 
How much more is there that you need to be the best at? Oh, and their DH went 40 and 100 last year. <laughs> you know, it's a great team. All right, Garrett, let's take another break, and then you and I can chop it up on the other side because i got a question for you. We're talking here about the, the Braves. We're getting ready for going to be a busy week toward the end of the week. Hawks get back at it. Last little run here for Gwen Snyder and company. Can they make any sort of turnaround here? Because the last time we saw the Hawks on the court, it was... Dude, they have had some bad, bad losses this year. And that game was disgusting against Charlotte. They need to shake that off. Boy, the break came at a good time. All right, quick break, and we'll be back in a moment on Sports Radio Night time the game. Sports Radio 90, time the game from the Northern Kia Studios. Chris Thomas Turtle coming up top of the hour on this uh, President's Day. My thanks to Garrett Chapman and to all of you that called in here. Daytona's coming up 4 o'clock this afternoon. Um, Garrett Chapman, have you ever been to the 500 down to Daytona? No, nah, man, I've never been to any NASCAR event. Never once in my well, life. And I've right. always wanted to. to. Me. Uh, yeah, I've yeah, always yeah, wanted right, to. Right, right. We talked about that earlier. But it was four hours ago. My, my apologies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. I've never been to the Daytona 500. I've been to the Indy 500. I've been to a lot of NASCAR races. Charlotte, North Wilkesboro, Atlanta Motor Speedway, Fontana, Las Vegas, Dover. So I've been to a, a number, but I haven't been to um, I haven't been to Daytona. Just to, I, I would get out of spring training a lot, but never made it over to that. We're never really in that area of the state, uh, and I would always go to spring training a little bit later anyway. Uh, so, um, but I, 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 now the one caller came in and said it wasn't as much fun as it was 20 years ago and not as much debauchery. Uh, so I, I assume that that's probably true, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll take him at his word. I, I, again, I've never been. Um, I, I know what makes for great boys trips and what, uh, fan trips. And I'm not talking about, you know, there's guy trips where you go out and you go, you know, on a golfing trip. I used to do those fishing trips, things of that nature. But if you're just doing a boys' trip for, for fandom purposes, I always say to you the Super Bowl is overrated. I, and I went to one of the great Super Bowls of all time, one of the great games. John Elway, Brett Favre, uh, Qualcomm Stadium, Elway helicoptering into the end zone, Packers letting the Broncos score intentionally so that they could get the ball back. It was a great game, uh, and it was one of the best games. But the other ones I went to, Colts and Bears in the rain down in Miami, um, Niners and Bengals in uh, 1982 in Super Bowl 16, which was my first one, in Pontiac, Michigan. It was so bloody freezing cold all week. Uh, and, I mean, just minus 10 all week long in Pontiac. They had, the, like, the worst winter ever. And then uh, here for the Cowboys and Bills. I didn't actually go to the game between the Rams and the Patriots were in the last Super Bowl. I kind of covered it. I mean, we were down there at Radio Row, but I didn't go to the game. So I have four games that I went to and, and five that I've covered uh, at the Super Bowl site. Uh, I mean, it's okay. I just think the Super Bowl is a lot more hype than it is actual event. But, Garrett, underrated? I'm going to give you three that are underrated. Shoot. That if you, Final Four. One of the great things about the Final Four is that when it comes to tickets, it's the easiest ticket to get. What you do is you wait outside the stadium, okay? You go without tickets. 
you wait outside the stadium for the first game to end. Because the mad fans who are leaving because their team just lost the opening game of the Final Four won't just sell you the ticket to the second game. They'll sell their title game tickets because they're out of town. They're leaving. (laughs) And you can get them cheap. A little inside basketball for you. Outside the stadium, don't buy it from the dude who's doing the ticket thing. Just wait for somebody dressed in the team colors, uh, guy and gal, you know, a couple of people who are walking out the door and they, and they look like they're mad and they're storming out. You guys stay for the weekend? No. Can I buy your tickets? Sure. Here. They may just give them to you. I'm out. <laughs> so I love the Final Four. Final Four is a lot of fun. Uh, it's a, a big party. It's a, I've been to three, three Final Fours, enjoyed the hell out of all three of them. Loved all three Final Fours. So I think that's an underrated one. I also think that um, that the Derby is underrated by most people. Love the Kentucky Derby. I cannot wait to go back to Derby on Friday and Saturday, to the Oaks and the Derby. So my girlfriend actually, she went to UK. And horse racing in the state of Kentucky, man, let me tell you what. It is a different level up there. Of course, she had Keeneland uh, over in Lexington. But I, I've wanted to go there. It's good. The, the inside, the interior of that of that race, going in the midfield, it's a different level, man. That's a lot of fun. And um, I still think that, you know, first off, on your bucket list, if you're even remotely a golf fan and you can in any way secure tickets, if you've never been to Augusta just to go, it doesn't even matter if you're going for the, the women's uh, amateur deal that they've got now or the, op- uh, the opening practice round. By the way, the practice rounds, I will tell you this. To me, the best day to go is Wednesday for the Par 3 tournament. All right, That's the most interesting day. Everybody's there. The Par 3 course is the nicest Par 3 course you've ever seen in your entire life. It's even prettier than it is on television. The Par 3 tournament is fun, and you can still walk around the course. The worst days to go are the actual tournament days because you really can't move. So Monday is usually a really good day to go. Uh, first practice round, everybody's there. Uh, you just got to really pay attention to the to the scoreboards as to because some guys only play like nine holes or something, but you're there to just take it all in. And if you're just taking in Augusta for a day and seeing some of the players, even though it's not a competitive round, is really cool. It, it's just really cool. It's an amazing place. You get to walk around and see different places, and because the best seat at Augusta, in my opinion, is in the stands on 15 at the very kind of top row. As far as, as you're looking at the stands, as far right towards the 16th tee as you could possibly get. If you can get up against the wall there, that's the best seat because you can see from up there all the approach shots on 15 into the par 5 and then the tee shots into par, uh, to, to the par 316. Okay? And so that's the, one of the few places because the way the course is configured, they're not. The other place, of course, is Amen Corner because you can see shots into 11. You can see the, the 12th hole, though it's a long way away and it's hard to see what happens on the green as opposed to 16. You can see it it's right there. Uh, so, uh, but you got to go to Augusta. So those are the ones that. But the problem with going to Augusta is it's the hardest ticket on the planet to get. You're lucky if you can get in for under $1,000. A ticket. It's just really ridiculously hard to get in. Is Turtle here? Loud and clear, John. How you doing, bub? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm going to follow a similar path as you today. Going to talk a lot of Braves. Me and you were simpatico on that. But we are not simpatico on our viewpoint on the Braves. I am much concerned. 
Uh, okay, about are you walk me through it? Do you or do you want to save it for your show? No, that's fine. We can get into it a little bit here. We got a minute. Um, I think you're very bullish to start with, my friend, on the fourth and fifth starter situation. You're counting on a guy that imploded in the second half of last season and a guy that hasn't been good since 2018 to anchor the back half of your rotation. That's not good enough for me. Sorry. Well, I'm not bullish on Elder or Anderson necessarily. I'm saying it's a wide open. No, competition. no, I'm talking about Chris Sale. Well, if Chris Hale's healthy, I think Chris Hale's not a fifth starter. He's going to be a third starter, maybe even How? Two. But, John, how can you say that when he has not been that since 2018? Because he pitched 102 innings last year, and they said he was healthy. And he had That's a 4-5 how. ERA. I, I, again, I'm not worried about that. Let's see what he does with this team. He was on the Red Sox. Let's see what he does with this team and how he elevates his game with this team in this rotation. He happy, healthy, got a great team, you know, gets into it. Let's, you know, I there look, there are a lot of unknowns. I understand that. And if they have to, Alex Anthopoulos has to do surgery at the trade deadline, he will. And I have a lot of faith in that. Tell me how much this excites you. Travis Darno, okay, that's fine. Forrest Wall, Luis Guillorme, and David Fletcher. That's your bench right no, now. No, I. Yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, right. I, we talked about that. Uh, granted, I did, and and I made a point of, of asking him about it. I said the one area of concern I have is the the bench, and he Grant said yes. They're they're actively the the problem is is that you know they, they get guys that, that don't want to just sit you know and, and not do and not play because the Braves have you know eight guys and a DH nine really that play every day, and so you know the the a lot of the guys don't want to be on the Braves because they don't get at bats which I understand, but I think that they are – look, we haven't played the first spring training game. They're going to be guys who get kind of cut by other teams that Alex Anthopoulos likes. You'll see a couple of veterans roll into there, and they'll do that throughout the whole year. They, but they did that last year. And look, if we're counting on our depth to win us a World Series, that's an issue. No, but at the same time, it's a 162-game season, and you need those guys to be at least formidable when they're called upon when the Stars get a day off. And to me, that screams well below mediocre. Because, John, this is going to be what I, what I open the show with in a couple minutes, so I invite everyone who's listening now to come join me in about 10 minutes as well right here on 92.9 The Game. John, this is one of three teams that goes into this season with World Series or bust expectations. It's the Astros, it's the Dodgers, and it's the Braves. And you Don't can't, tell that to Orioles fans. And the, uh, the Orioles are, for me, in the next tier below. They, they I agree, but I'm just telling you that, 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 that that's what they're talking about in Baltimore, but go ahead. That's fine. And they, uh, Adley Rutschman and all those guys out there, they're going to be great players, but are they ready to win now? Different story for a different day. So if that's your expectation going into the season, and you knew this didn't sneak up on anybody, John. Everybody knew this was going to be the expectation coming into the season you have every opportunity right now with the contracts being the way that they are on this team and the way that they're structured to load up as much as you can and go all in. And I just don't feel like they did that. I, I don't see where they didn't. Uh, how about a guy? Where with did a, they miss? How about a guy with a career 202 batting average starting for you in left field and he's played over 200 major league games? Well, I, I think Kellenic has an op- Again, th- this is a situation where – uh, they see something in Kellenic that I, you know, one time top three prospect of baseball is going to, you know, uh, flourish in this in this lineup in this ballpark, uh, the, it, much the same as Sean Murphy and Matt Olson have continued to flourish as players. Yeah, but those and, guys. And, but John, the difference is between those two guys that were brought in is they had resumes. This guy doesn't have anything. 
Yeah, I, they, they did something that they really like. They think he's a 30-home run guy. That's what they think in this lineup and in this ballpark. Well, I mean, he's got to prove it, and, and we'll see. I really like the addition of Aaron Bummer. Again, I think they have potentially the best pen of the game. Uh, I think they have potentially the best starting rotation of the game. I mean, health is yeah, – but of course, always. Is their infield the best in the game? Yeah. Is their outfield the best in the game? Probably. I don't think you can say their outfield is the best in the game with a giant question mark. You got the number. Wait, you got two top ten. Well, you got two top ten. Wait, you have arguably well the best player in the game, in my opinion, and right, and a guy that if he if he steps up, and again, I'm I'm my expectation is that Michael Harris elevates. He obviously didn't at times last year, but he elevates this year. And if he elevates, I think he's already a top ten outfielder in baseball. That he elevates to the best center fielder in the game. And so you're talking about the best center fielder, the best right fielder, and 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 we'll see about Kalanick. But I I I think that they look they made the move. I try I have full faith and credit in Alex Anthopoulos. I think that's the difference where you and I kind of differ. This is the, this is the first and only time that I could say that I'm going into a season with questions about be, only and John. It's only because of those four words: World Series or bust. Those are self-made now. That's not just me and you talking as fans who know know what the team is capable of. That's the team itself. And if you're going to put those type of expectations on yourself, you better be able to back it up. And with holes in the bench, in left field, and in the starting rotation on the back end, I'm just not sure they did everything they could have to make this team the team that it could be this season. That's that's where I'm going to go today. All right, that's fine. And what I expect out of Kalanick this year, I expect, uh, oh, 25 home runs, 80 RBIs. I expect him to hit above 270. Um, you expect him to hit above 270. Right? John, the most he ever hit in his career was 253. Right, but he's on a better team and a better lineup and a better stadium. This is a lineup that – this isn't the Mariners. This is the Braves. You're I mean, the Mariners pitches. weren't exactly they, – they barely missed the postseason last year. They have, this, they have this a guy team, named Julio Rodriguez see, playing for them in center see, field every day. You're going ha- to see pitches because the two guys immediately behind you in the lineup are Michael Harris and Ronald Acuna. You're going to see pitches, right? Yeah, but it's it's just – it's, it's, it's an if that I'm just not comfortable with right now. I hope he proves me wrong. He's got plenty of time to do it. But for right now, it's a gigantic if, and it's one-ninth of your lineup that is a gigantic question mark. When it, it didn't have to be. You could have brought in a veteran. You could have brought in somebody else. Like, right now, what's the backup plan? If he starts out the season four for 26, what are you doing? You benching him or you're riding with him? Who are you replacing him with? They don't have anybody right now. Well, I mean, again, this is something that works out through the season. And, again, I'm not really worried about the first month of the season or even the first half of the season. I, it, th- this is all about World Series of Bust. You know that. I know that. They got to play well at the end of the year. I mean, w- what's happened the last two years has been unacceptable. That that we can agree on, John. That we can agree on. All right, Chris Thomas coming up top of the hour here as we get ready for the Braves' first uh, spring training game of the year. My thanks to all of you. It's been a fun four hours. And uh, I will talk to you again. I'm doing the Hawks game on Friday, Saturday. Uh, we'll have another chat here uh, when the Braves do open. So we'll see what happens between now and then. And enjoy uh, Turtle. And uh, all right, here we go. Uh, Sports Radio 99 again. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T Mobile. You can count on T Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. 
Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.